this week on episode 507 of Priority One. Q is getting quite an adventure in Star Trek Picard. Raspberry Pi can make an excellent tricorder. And in Star Trek Online, we're surprised by a Starship promo in the Lobby Store. Also, Minecraft gets Trekkie. You're listening to a Roddenberry podcast. Command codes verified. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Hello, Captains. You're listening to episode 507 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. Your weekly recap and review of all the major news happening in the Star Trek multiverse. This episode was recorded on Tuesday, May 4th, and available for download or streaming on Friday, May 7th at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Elio. I'm Kat. And I'm Roscoe. You are not. (laughs) And I'm Tony. That be, is right. It's good to be back. How you guys doing? It's good to it's good Long to have time you back. Long time no see, hey. Tony. <laughs> it's been like a yes, couple that... weeks again, right? I know, right? Maybe like two weeks. Yeah, yeah. You're like, oh yeah, because then I'm gonna be moving, so you'll probably have to I'll come back, back again. Yes, it's good to always have you, Tony. It really is. Roscoe is away, uh, having done a triathlon of sorts, <gasps> often and Doria right. or Vulcan. No, uh, it was the ultra marathon that he did. Oh, in Australia, right, right. I was going to try to spin it like a Star Trek thing, but he's but th- he's really athletic, and he does these marathons quite a bit, and so he knew ahead of time that he'd be knocked out from this crazy marathon, so good for him. I believe he finished it. Amazing. So rest well, our friend. Congratulations. Those are not easy ultra marathons. Those are like you just run till you pretty much want to die. Hey, hey, Elio. Hey, Cat. Hey, what? May the fourth be with you. <gasps> and also with you. <laughs> We lift our sabers to the Lord. It oh my God! To all grow Catholic. Did every one of us grow Catholic. I guess so. No joke. Yes, yeah, okay. but also my friend literally just texted me that she's at a Star Wars theme wedding, and I have to tell you that the bride and groom were. Le- uh, Leia and Han, and then the officiant is Obi Wan, and then I think Darth Vader is the best man. <laughs> Very cool. There's always a way to celebrate May the Fourth, and although this episode is released on May seventh, we hope you had a, a nice May the Fourth. And uh, for those of you who grew up Catholic or involved a lot in the Catholic Church, we're sorry to have triggered that response. We want to welcome new listeners to the show and hope you'll stay in touch. You see, we're a podcast produced by the community, a community of Star Trek fans, so it's important that we also hear your opinions. Be sure to follow us on places like Twitter and Facebook, where we post weekly community questions, special announcements, and more. Just search for Priority One Podcast on your favorite app and you'll find us. Or just email us. You can reach us at incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. As Tony said, this is a community podcast produced by a team of volunteers that dedicate their time and talents each and every week. From audio editors to writers to us, the hosts, we come together each week because we're passionate about the Star Trek multiverse. And like any passion project, it's hard to keep things running at no cost. So if you find value in this production and you want to help us continue to grow, check us out at our Patreon page. There
year, you can become a patron for as little as a dollar a month. And speaking of patrons, a big shout out to two new patrons who joined the family this week, Steve and John. Thank you both. Cap brought up a good point, right? You can become a patron for as little as a dollar, right? And that that's monthly. It's not weekly. It's not daily. And if a bunch of you get together and do a dollar, that helps us. And that goes a really long way in making sure that we can continue to produce the quality content you've come to expect. Like any passion project, we do this because we love Star Trek. We love podcasting. We love you. Uh, but unfortunately, we have to pay for certain things to help us continue to produce the show. So please visit us again at patreon.com forward slash priority one. And aside from financial contributions, we're always looking for volunteers just like ourselves to make the show better. So if you've always wanted to be part of a podcast community like us, well, drop us a line at incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. We're looking for audio, video editors, hosts. That's right. We're still looking for a fourth if you know one. So uh, be sure to reach out to us and uh, let us know what your talent is that you'd like to share. Now let's find out what's been happening in the Star Trek multiverse. I don't know. Then let's Trek it out. We said it. We said it last week. We're now in an era where the headlines come from cameo videos that actors record for fans willing to pony up some dough for personalized messages. Back at it again, John Delancey. Admitting to one fan for Mother's Day that he'll be on for at least six episodes and that they're filming seasons two and three of Picard back to back with rigorous COVID testing during filming. I'm immortal again! Well, if you're not already, go ahead and start following some of your favorites on Cameo. Apparently, some of them share the videos they record for everyone to see, so it might just be you who gets the scoop on the latest Star Trek news. So, all right, I want to preface the following with a potential spoiler warning, although, you know, we don't know anything other than a picture. So here's a just-in-case spoiler warning. Did anybody see that behind-the-scenes photo that made the rounds last week? The one where uh, Annika, Seven of Nine, and, and Rafi are sitting on a transit bus circa... Now. 20s, you know, circa now. Is it a bus? I thought it was like a metro yeah. or some. No, it was a bus. Thing. Public, public transportation? Was yeah. Oh, it was, was it a bus? It was a bus. So... Right. It was the outside of the bus. So the teaser that we got officially was Q and Picard talking about time, or rather Picard talking about time and then Q with his one-liner, right? That was the tease. So now we have this image where they're on a public transportation that resembles a bus in, in our era, and it's just Seven and Rafi. What do you guys think could be the potential plot? And you can give me wrong answers. I'm okay with wrong answers only. Oh, okay. Wrong answers only. Um, uh, go you got one. I got one. No, no, I... Uh, it was definitely <laughs> a bus. It was definitely a bus because there were additional pictures where they took a picture of the outside and there was like a, a placard on the outside of the bus that looked science fiction-y for reasons we may or may not discuss. But I bet, this is the wrong answer only thing, the guy in Star Trek Four who was the headbanger that Spock nerve pinched on the bus turns out to be like the mayor of San Francisco or the governor of California and they have to go back in time because he's constantly riding that bus looking for Spock to take revenge. And they have to like get him out of his rut and, and get him to be the mayor of San Francisco or something. That's what I think. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. I was just going to say maybe they were taking the bus to, um, you know, go on vacation. 
Somewhere. It's a good plot, though. That's not a good yeah. plot. Yeah, I'm like, it could be like speed, though. Oh, maybe it is like speed. So <laughs> there's a bomb on the bus. That's a good wrong answer. That's a good wrong answer. Stefan and Rafi have to rescue everyone Neither on the bus. Neither one of them knows how to drive. How do you work this thing? I don't know. Right. Yeah. And yeah, yeah you know, it can't go above 50. Yeah. 50. Is that 50 <laughs> meters per second? Kilometers an hour? What's a mile? No one knows what a mile is. <laughs> Those are all good, good wrong answers. Well, we asked you on our social media media channels uh so if you want to sound off your idea of what the potential plot could be let us know by replying to those messages that you'll find on our social media pages like twitter and facebook before we move on do we want to talk about the outside of the bus sure let's talk about the outside of the bus because there's a spaceship on the outside of the bus that doesn't exist yet so let's talk let's set that picture right what is out on the the outside of the bus has a banner right like you would see on your average city bus like an advertisement it appears to be advertising a an exhibit or a uh uh, an event or something with a ship that looks like a early spacefaring. Do you guys remember the the ship that's on the wall of the Enterprise rec room in the motion picture? The one with the with the mm-hmm. ring that would uh, generate spin gravity. The like the quote original yeah, Enterprise. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it kind of resembles yeah, okay. that. Uh, and so speculation could be that if they're back there in in the twentieth twenty first century, that they have something to do with that. So the, that's that that was an interesting piece of set dressing, which uh, much like. In Star Trek Four, George and Gracie were on the side of the bus that led Kirk and Spock to the Cetacean Institute. Maybe that has something to do with the plot, uh, the plot of Picard. Though so. interesting speculation. Mm-hmm. Interesting speculation. I would, I would go further into speculation of what we can expect to see in season two and three, which we'll get to in a moment uh, regarding season three. That I wouldn't be surprised if we do not see much of Sir Patrick Stewart. At least not the actor Sir Patrick Stewart. Perhaps they will recast a younger version if this is all about time and whatnot. But I have a feeling that he's going to be taking it easier than he did season one. He deserves it. He was a bit of an action hero in season one. I mean, it was stunt doubles, right. but there was clearly a lot of physicality to that to season one of Picard. I'd be okay with that. You know, preserving the institution that is Picard. <laughs> I think they should definitely keep the miles off. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, eh, I'm yeah. okay with that. And plus, who doesn't want to see Rafi and Seven up to shenanigans? That's just gonna be amazing. There will be a joke about them not having the money to get on the bus. Yes, guaranteed. I will bet money that they will get guaranteed. on the bus and they'll be like, pull out their pockets, little What is exact change? Like the, I... Yes, who knows? Yes. <laughs> Since Mike McMahon let us know on First Contact Day that Star Trek Lower Decks was renewed for a third season, it seems CBS has really taken notice of what a stellar production crew they have over there. It was announced that writer-producer Chris Kula, a co-executive producer on Lower Decks, has signed an overall deal with CBS Studios. That is outstanding! We don't have any specific details about his deal, but it appears that CBS is doing its best to lock down talented people. Kula's credits are nothing to sneeze at either. He's an alum of the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater, and he's written for NBC's Community, Fox's Mad TV, Comedy Central's At Midnight, and was a supervising producer on Wrecked for TBS. Did you guys see Wrecked? Because that show was hilarious. I did not. I did not. Oh man, it was so funny, and I think it was only one season. But Mad TV 
he's reaching back away. That's that he must he's been in the business a while if he was if he was writing for Mad TV. Oh, absolutely. Well, and Upright Citizens Brigade that was a long time. Well, ago. I, mean, I think the, there was a show called that, but there that theater company's been around for a long time. I think they might have been a victim of the COVID thing. I think they might have actually shut down over the COVID oh. thing. But there's there was a, a it was like a, a troupe, like an acting troupe, an improv troupe, where a lot of a lot of comedians and writers that you'd know uh, got their got their start there. So. Um, you know, interesting point. I received a survey from Paramount Plus asking about their, you know, services that they yeah. provide. And I'm not allowed to disclose anything because I said I'd keep the substance confidential. But the fact that I took a survey, I think, was very interesting because some things, you know, were very good questions. Why did you <laughs> sign that NDA? You should have struck the NDA clause and then signed it and sent it back. Is that, I yeah, mean, no. you know, well, because I had things to say about <laughs> Paramount Plus and let me tell you, I use the comment section. <laughs> I would have, I would have struck the confidentiality clause and gone and another thing and another thing that I got to tell you. <laughs> well, I did keep adding that, but yes. Um, but I just thought that was really interesting because they did ask very detailed questions about the services they provide. Everyone wants to try to make Trek Tech the flip phone by Motorola, the Universal Translator from Google. The Air Force even built a phaser in all caps. And that was designed to shoot down drones with microwaves. But all these pretenders are able to do is capture a piece of the magic. Either the form isn't quite right, like the flip phone, or the function isn't there, like Google Translate. I still can't read my controls. I think this is Chalcedian. Am I the only one who bothered to learn a foreign language? Well, not so with the Pi Quarter 2. A maker who goes by the YouTube handle Directive Zero has built a prototype of a working tricorder using a typical TNG case as a model. At the bottom, where the case folds down, is space for a battery and loudspeaker. In the middle is a Raspberry Pi and capacitive touchscreen for control and processing. At the top is a printed circuit board, ready to mount pretty much any commercially available sensor that will fit it. Now at the moment, he has temperature, pressure, and humidity sensors functioning and displaying on the screen. He also has connections ready for a simple thermal imager. The whole thing is designed to be modular, so instruments and the internal computer and screen screens can be updated over time guy looks like he's ready to make like all the tricorders like he he said it was his favorite toy when he was a kid and he has he's got this thing so that the guts of it slide in and out i mean he's he's like as soon as there's something better than this i'm putting it in here get me a radar i want i want uh i, I want uh, geology sensors i want seismographs he wants to put all the things in it uh and it, 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 it actually and he plugged it in and actually it like worked he was like watching the graphs go things were more hu- humid or less humid he was, he was pretty excited about it do you guys remember back in 2017, the Qualcomm Tricorder X Prize. They tried. They did announce a winner, right? right? Like, there was a winner. Sure. It went to the Final Frontier Medical Devices team. Whatever happened to that? Like, what are they, what, like, what are they, what have have they done with that money? I'm, this, it's on the list with my flying car. I mean, it's 2021, where's my flying car? I mean, it's 2021, where's the Tricorder I was supposed to have five years ago? It, you know. Right. And that thing didn't look like a tricorder. This looks like a tricorder. Right. Now, for those 
of you that aren't familiar, the Qualcomm Tricorder X Prize gave over $2 million to a team that could engineer the closest thing to a functioning tricorder. Something that could be portable, that can do remote medical scans with medical grade equipment and medical grade precision. And someone did win that. And I'm just curious, you know, where are they now? I, you know what? I'm going to follow up on that one. Would have come in handy with during the whole pandemic thing to have to have some of those we could mail to people, you know? Mm, I'm sure it would have. Yeah, they gave out a whole bunch of those prizes, though, according to the Wikipedia page. But th- again, but they didn't give a follow up as to what happened with it, which is typically not good news. Any kind of crowdfunding prize type thing. If something happens, people would be like, remember the winner of this thing? Well, it's you know, look at all this wonderful. Yeah, not a not a not a good follow up. And again, I have to, and this and the other thing is this is the Pi Quarter 2. He actually made an earlier version that looked like Spock's tricorder from the original series. But I don't think it was nearly as functional as this one is. Uh, and I think this one's going to be this one's modular, too, so you can swap stuff in and out. This one looks like fun. This one looks like if you pull this off your belt and told people what the temperature was and the humidity in the uh, was dropping and the barometric pressure was dropping, we're going to have a storm. I mean, you depress people with this. Right. Well, yeah, it's a slow news week. And when that happens, we get a little dirty and rummage around the rumor mills. The latest comes from that old faithful giant freaking robot.com where one of their, quote, trusted and proven sources, end quote, tells them that there's a plan to bring back Scott Bakula as Captain Jonathan Archer, along with the likes of Paul and Dr. Flox. Captains like Nostradamus, with enough theories and rumors published, you might just get one or two right. This one, though, eh, keep it in the back of your mind as just a rumor. Doesn't mean that it's not fun to speculate on what that story would look like, though. Yeah, we, you know what I, I liked was our interview with Connor Trenier at Vegas. Yeah, oh, yeah. In, uh, in yeah. 2019, right? Because you asked a really nice question about, about where would Trip be now, you know, in season five where would he have liked to have seen yeah uh and he gave a really earnest and honest answer especially having been a father become a father and you know exploring where the relationship with T'Pol would be and children so you know i i i almost don't care much about archer or T'Pol or flocks i kind of care about where trip is well he was like the most regular joe of the entire crew right everybody had a thing right malcolm was all like a stick in the mud from his royal navy dad and T'Pol was the alien and flocks was the other alien and Hoshi was the genius, and Travis was, you know, the weird pilot guy from outer space. Trip was just the guy, right? He was from Florida. He liked to drink a beer every once in a while. He liked engines. You know, he's just a guy. So, yeah, I, yeah, I, I think I would. he would have been the most relatable, I think. He's the most relatable one. He was also, Connor Trenier was also the strongest performer on that show. Yeah. I mean, I just rewatched the episode where they lose the baby. Season four of Enterprise was some of the best Trek ever damn film. Just, yeah. just. That episode where they lose the baby that uh it was good it was really really good and they deserved a yes, fifth season yes and after it was an that honest, stuff yes yes and it was an honest performance that he delivered yes. it was just it was just really good and i you know it's funny i remember i think i was reading a story recently that he had shared publicly that that was a very personal story for him mm. that something had happened in his life that kind of resembled that very closely and that those reactions and that that he and um what's her name to Paul Jolene Blaylock and that he and Jolene Blaylock you know had to work on those scenes together just to get through them because it was so, it was just so emotional for him so yeah I think you know not only was he a strong character and somebody that you know people could relate to but I just think he was the strongest performer in that in that cast followed by um 
closely by Dr. Floss. Billingsley. Oh, I love Floss. By Billingsley. Yeah, he also was a very solid performer in that troupe. So yeah, I'd love to see if they do bring back somebody from Enterprise. I would hope that it's it's Trenier. Or at the very least, we find out what Scotty did to Admiral Archer's prized beagle. (laughs) Well, Captains, that's all the news we have to trek out this week. Now let's find out what happened in the world of Star Trek gaming. Welcome aboard, Captain. Starting today on PC and running for the next three weeks, Star Trek Online launched the second featured event called Tholian Trouble. This event allows players the choice of running either the Azure Nebula Rescue or Vault Ensnared Task Force Operation missions, while also earning daily progress towards the grand prize. The two particular TFOs had some recent updates which have dramatically improved the gameplay during these missions. Completing the event rewards the Universal Console Tholian Web Array as an account unlock and a character-only, one-time-only, reward of 25,000 dilithium ore and three featured TFO reward boxes. These boxes gave a choice of one specialization point or an enhanced Universal Tech upgrade to get your gear to its max potential. So, Kat, of this uh, of this event, what do you think of uh, of the rewards? How's that Universal Console? Is it something that we should all kind of get? It. I think it's more what build specific because not too many people run Tetrion damage, which this you know boosts your Tetrion damage. But if you do have like a kinetic damage, physical damage build, the Tholian Web is pretty handy because you can you know hold all your enemies in place and blast them. So you know that probably is good if that's the kind of build you have. I think this is more geared towards science builds personally. Oh yeah. But it's you know definitely something you could incorporate into your arsenal. Now, they're also reintroducing the grand prize, right? They're redoing it now for 2021. No, no, no. They're, um, okay. So this event is the second of the three featured events, you know, that give you that, the great grand prize, which is your choice of, you know, all the options that are listed here. But but that restarted for 2021, right? There was one for 2020. Yes. Correct. But it only had two, two featured events. So now we have three featured events and the points, the overall points you need to claim that grand prize have increased from, I think it was 2,800 to three, three thousand. five events. This is number two of five. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. I yeah it was no, it's three. five. Well, anyway. Ah. Okay, so play longer, but you know, of the winning, of you know, once you finish it all, you get a pretty cool, you, you know, option. You get the tier six Enterprise there. A. You get the two. Do you get the tier six Enterprise? That's what you get. That's what. That's well, what you if get. you well, pick that but one, why would you pick right, anything yeah, else? That's one of your. You would just options. pick that. That's well, there's why. It's, well, you could use that lobby to buy something like a special event flash sale star ship like the Cranum Anorak Science Dreadnought, which is on sale between now and May 11th for only 960 lobby, right? That's 20% off. Which would makes it, it it's all that would make it the most expensive lobby store in the uh, lobby ship in the store. It you know everything else is usually the top ones are usually nine hundred. This one would be twelve hundred. Now it's on sale twenty percent off nine sixty. Still the most expensive thing, but it's uh, until now is only available in a lockbox and no, the, the promo, promo right? R&D sorry, the, sorry, the worst lockbox, yeah. like the, one of the bad ones, like what they have yes. my enterprise <laughs> in, like like yeah, like that one. So yeah, that, that one. one. So and and this harkens back to the discussion. We 
we had a few weeks ago, Elio, when, when you were gone, with the lockbox magic that they do to make you hit these buttons. And if you're a uh, cat, you were there for this for this discussion. Yes. Yes. And we talked about the way we, ways we fall victims. Well, Cryptics hit a bunch of these buttons. It's a limited time offer. Most one of the most rarest ships in the game because it's behind the super bad lockbox, the R and D lockbox. It's uh, it's it's a superior ship. It's got a lot of cool stuff on it that you can only use with that ship. Like, you know, it's got a unique console that only works on that ship and, and unique powers and stuff. So it hits a lot of these uh, buttons to make people go get it. And you can get it only with low buy, which only comes from opening lockboxes. So, yeah, it's it, this is this is this. I mean, it's not evil, but it's evil. Like a little bit evil. like diet evil. Just one calorie. Like, but it's on, but it's on sale. sale. <laughs> it's less evil yeah. because it's on so, sale. I mean, people always want different ways to get these super rare ships. That's but, true. Oh man, all those emotional buttons are totally pushed by this th- yeah. this kind of thing. Because and it's good. I would do it if I didn't already have an. Index, so. <laughs> you already got one. No, but I. It, it's it's good. <laughs> and cryptic is the 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 one sort of saving grace of this is that it's the second chance currency that they're using the low buy, and this is a another way to get the rare item that uh, that doesn't require the luck. I mean, you just need to open enough of the lockboxes and eventually you will get it. It's a guaranteed get yes. eventually. The only question is how many, you know, how many... I did some numbers. Oh, oh do tell. Okay, so generally, and you can get lucky because I did, I mean, generally lockboxes award for Lobby. So if they're all just awarding for Lobby, and it's not always, but... Normally, 240 lockboxes you would have to open at a dollar 25 each, but though right now there is a key sale, Ooh. but about another button pushed, another button pushed. <laughs> Damn, three hundred dollars for two, you know, for 960 lobby, and that's the sale mm. price. P.S. But it's guaranteed. That yes. I mean, that uh, that is the most you would you pay. You could spend a whole, yeah. You could spend easily that opening R and D boxes God. and just getting... and get nothing. I mean, I mean, not nothing. You'll get R and D materials, yeah. which are very valuable on their own. Let me tell you, mm. so valuable. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> so yes, it is. This whole event, going back a moment to you know how you can earn one of three rewards for doing this year. It's essentially a year long event, right? Yeah. And and it is in fact five different events. Remind me what happens if you miss an event? Because I've already missed the first one. I missed the Voth event. Well, you can still gain progress. I mean, if you start playing, you'll still... So each time you complete an event in one of these events during the time they're running, you gain progress overall. So your status bar will gain progress. So if you have missed one or two by the end of the fifth one, you still will have the option to buy it out if you want the prize. Okay, so you will be able to do a buyout option. Like yes. Pay the remaining difference. Absolutely. But not until it gets closer to the end, right? So you can't just buy it out right now because people would totally do that. But once you get to the last event, um, and you can buy out each individual event, but it's like 2,000 Zen, but you can just play the missions and not have to do that. Well, you have to play the missions once a day for 14 days. Correct. They give you a little wiggle room in there. I mean, you can miss a few days in there and still get it. It's like, I think it runs for 20 days or something like that, and you have to do 14. It's something like that. Right, but you still earn progress. If you play the 20 days, you're getting yes. progress towards yeah. the end. So it's w- worth your while if you really are really wanting to get a jump on that ship, <laughs> you can get it a little early. Yeah, and remember the most important thing for an MMO is cheeks and seats. 
they they want you to be in the habit of logging in every day because statistically the more days you log in the better chance there is that you're going to flip them a little zen at some point and so that that's what these things are designed primarily to do and going back to the limited time crenum anorak science ship that's going to be available in the lobby store so obviously for a limited time it's 960 lobby but you see this is where i don't understand right it says the ship will only be available until may 11 mm-hmm. and there's a sale so right the sales usually only last through the weekend so okay. but they they did not specify in the blog post when the actual sale is going to end so if the sale is like a flash sale and it's only going to be around for a couple of days, you know, and if you really want that Anorax, I mean, now is the best time to do it because otherwise it's 1200 Lobby. And again, the, the blog post doesn't say when the sale ends. So maybe it's on sale this whole time to the 11th, but it's not written very specifically. Right. It's not written very specifically because it says for 1200 Lobby, but 960 Lobby during the 20% off sale, you can obtain this infamous ship until May 11th. So yeah, it's unclear. And that leads me to the next headline. But wait, there's more. (laughs) Speaking of clarity and confusion, on Monday, May 3rd, you might have seen an out of the blue announcement of a special event happening on Star Trek Online's test server called Tribble. Now, for those of you who may not be aware, when you start up Star Trek Online, you have an option to install the game's test server to help the developers, you know, quality assure some of the new features that are being worked on. This test environment is called Tribble. Anywho, in a cryptic tweet, (laughs) players were invited to defend Earth space dock from an assault led by Jim Pock. Unfortunately, not all went according to plan. There was a lot of confusion about where exactly the event was taking place, if it was going to be in space or ground. Then, due to the massive influx of players transferring maps when they finally learned where the action was happening, no one could get back into the game, right? Nobody could log into the Triple Test server and actually do this. So what was this all about? Well, I mean, not really much. It was just a few NPCs spawned inside Earth space dock, including a T-Rex. I saw some images of the T-Rex there. And players had to fight them off. What exactly the testing was for, maybe it was a load balance test to see if they could do events like this in social zones like Earth Space Dock. Who knows? But to my point about how this links into the previous story about the Anoraks is clarity, right? Far too many things are slipping through the cracks that are just confusing players and frustrating those who want to take advantage of everything that's going on in the game event-wise, right? Whether it's a typo here, a misprint there, a lack of clarity in a blog post, this kind of stuff hurts. I, you know, if, if you're coming into the game for the first time and you're really excited and eager and all of a sudden you see a very cryptic message about some live event happening in the game, that's going to get people excited. It got me excited and, you know, I've been playing this game for 10 years. But alas, I was chilling outside Earth Space Dock in my starship waiting for something to go down when in fact you had to be in Earth Space Dock, which mind you was where I beamed down in the first place, but I transferred maps then I couldn't get back down to Earth Space Dock. And I feel like, you know, if, if I, look, if it was a last minute event, cool, that's fine. But just a little extra time should be taken in proofreading and reviewing things before they are published. I think there's two things going on here. Number one, on the Lobby thing, they may not necessarily want you to know when the sale is over versus when the the, the ship is no longer on sale because it's a get it while it's hot thing. You want They, they kind of want you to have those questions like, oh, is the sale, can I get this, can I wait till the end of the weekend? Can I, can I wait to push the buy button and still get the great deal? <gasps> 
it, maybe if you did some research on your own, you could find an answer to that. But to be on the safe side, you really just ought to buy it now, just to be safe. So on the one hand, maybe that's kind of on purpose. On the other thing, what I think this is what they're saying to me is that they people who play this game want something to happen. Like, they want these live events to happen. Like, I don't know. Um, let's say, for example, there was a Star Trek actor from a, uh, let's pick a series, DS9, let's say, just off the top of my head. And let's say he was, I don't know, like a medical guy of some kind, and he wanted to come in and appear at say Starfleet Academy or something. I don't know. <laughs> I'm spitballing here off the top of my head, not like we not like we talked to a guy. Some doctor. It's, some doctor it, some the guy who played a doctor it's, on television. It's not like we talked to a guy that wanted to do this. I, I'm just I'm just making stuff up. Rhymes with schmashier. Yeah. <laughs> something. I mean, but that's the kind of thing people will jump at, right? And that's the kind of thing they'll create buzz in a ten year old game where people will just jump in, which is exciting. It'll well, you yeah. press. Here's the thing, too. You don't even need new content necessarily. You need to, you know, have some type of, you know, exciting thing happen. Like one day you could have it just to have an avatar in there walking around, maybe controlled by said actor from said series. Just, namely, you know, spitball. Dr. Bashir. <laughs> but here's all right. So you're right. I am. Look, I'm 100% on board with this, right? I, look, I hate to harken back. To the good old MMO days of the Matrix Online, Drink. but for Drink. for a while, <laughs> the Matrix Online hosted live events, and on there were three servers, right? That was it. It was three servers, and at, in different times throughout the day, the character would appear, and they would they would appear in character. They weren't you wouldn't hear their voices or anything, but they would type you know their communication in the zone chat as the character, right? Morpheus or or Niobe or whoever. Those events drew in massive crowds in the MMO. So much so that frame rates dropped to like zero. One. It was incredible. I would love for that kind of stuff to happen in Star Trek Online, but... So would a lot of people, because apparently. It, but, but because the servers are instanced where you can have 20 instances of Earth Space Dock with a max of, what, 15, 20 characters, 20 people in the, mm. in the zone? What is it? I think those are 25 to 30, the, the bigger zones. You know, it just... It, Star Trek Online doesn't lend itself to that. And I think that maybe now, especially, that they are... They are, in fact, a theme park MMO now with, with new Trek happening and them trying to keep up with all the new content coming from Paramount+. Plus. Maybe they should consider investing in servers that can support more people in a single instance so that then maybe there's only three instances of Earth Space Dock and at five o'clock in instance one, Julian Bashir is going to be there chilling on Earth Space Dock and you can do an event. Then at four o'clock, it'll be instance two. There's a couple of tricky things going on here. The first thing, you can solve that instancing problem the way it is now by making it a hide-and-seek game. Have somebody drop clues or whatever and have him be in some obscure place. And as soon as people, you know, the people, the first people to figure out where he's at will get to see him, right? Because you've known, you know the trivia or you research the thing, you know. So the first 25 people who, mm-hmm. who figure it out and can get there, get there, and that's fine. The other, the other thing about making them more players, that has ex- a lot of technical implications to it that go beyond just making in the program. Write, write some code and just that. Yeah. Oh, I'm not yeah, saying it, that. It would take I'm not trying to brush probably. it off as, yeah. as this would be a years long project to try to do that. Is magic, is magic the gathering also instanced or any, are all their new games still similarly instanced the way I'd be surprised Star if they weren't. I'd be 
surprised if they weren't. Yeah, I'm not sure. I I, I got I got into the Magic the Gathering for a little bit and just just to start it off, and it seemed like it worked like Neverwinter does. I mean, there's if you depending on how far you travel, you can see more or less people. But I think that the more crowded social zones are also simpler, right? There's not as much whiz bang stuff going on. There's not attacks and animations and all that kind of stuff. It's just social zones. Oh yeah, Jason Smith says yeah, they're all like that. Yeah. So instance. But even so, getting getting above whatever comfortable player limit they have right now to expand it to be five or ten or twenty times the size that's years long project yeah i always uh, but you bring up a good point you bring up a good point that there is hunger for that right i think that this this little micro test event was a revelation in more than one a couple dimensions sure yeah in a couple of dimensions right one is that Mm -hmm. from a pr perspective a little more care needs to be taken to announcements and blog posts and proofreading and reviewing the details and number two is that the community is clearly hungry for these show up at 1.30 for a crazy thing that's going to happen and you got to fight it off. Yeah, I mean, I've read that nobody could get logged in, so I didn't even bother. And also I was working, right. so right. I couldn't anyway. <laughs> but, Details. But I did see screenshots of... Yeah, I mean, I did see screenshots of the outside of ESD, and it looked like there were a ton of enemy ships, you know, random enemy. I don't know if that's what it was supposed to be, or the inside. Yeah, it was all not clear. I probably couldn't have logged into Triple anyway, because I haven't logged in, you know, and it, it would have patched forever, for yeah. like an hour. I had, a, I had an old-ass character. <laughs> Here's our community question for this week. Would live events excite you in Star Trek Online? And how would you like for them to be implemented? Let us know in the comment section for this episode at PriorityOnePodcast.com or by replying to our community question post when we share it later this week on places like Facebook and Twitter. Friend of the podcast and our very favorite Klingon Chancellor Laurel, Mary Chifo, tweeted earlier today saying, quote, Nothing says may the fourth be with you like shouting Klingon in a sound booth. So much fun getting back to voicing Chancellor Laurel for even more epic and honorable adventures in Star Trek Online today. Kapla, end quote. Chifo has reprised her role as Laurel in the continuing Klingon Civil War story arc in Star Trek Online. No updates as of yet regarding when the new episodes will be available to play and game. Rekha Sharma also got on the Twitters too, so she's back also. That's right, yeah, she, she did. Oh, Deadpool! And Bob awesome. O'Reilly already said he was going to go be recording some more lines this summer too. So, so like, all the whole gang's back. Uh, I'm sure. Amazing. I'm sure we'll get JG. I'm gonna in there have too. to. I'm gonna have to try to arrange all three, all of them, to come onto the show <gasps> and do one. Get JG Klingon, too. One massive Klingon interview. Get Hertzler too. Absolutely, that would be so amazing. The best thing about her tweet is she posted. A picture of herself and she's wearing a save ben solo t-shirt <laughs> there's no so saving good. ben solo he did it to I himself know. well in other gaming news well this isn't specifically another star trek game but it's a game you know or maybe your kids might be really into minecraft josh davison of thegamer.com put together a top 10 list of the best star trek themed mods for minecraft now don't get too excited unfortunately some of the mods are more sci-fi inspired than they are star trek themed but there are seven solid options one mod called a touch of trek which includes textures and art assets that really let you build a visually stunning starship environment of course there's mind trek that utilizes a bunch of mods lets you create superstructures and environments we're talking multi-level starships i don't know anything about minecraft other than it's all blocky and zombies can come at you yes but i know it's huge and if you 
want to, you, you, if you want to try to limit your kids' play, say like, all right, you can play Minecraft, but it's got to be the Star Trek mods. I don't think that's going to work because they'll just install something behind your back and make you have viruses on your computer that would cause you to wipe out the entire hard drive. Not like I know that you, from experience can tell, or anything. Can you tell I don't have children? Well, not like not like I have lived this personally. You know, I, I couldn't tell you. But I will I will say that years ago when Minecraft was first getting big, one of the things that people were doing, even without this kind of support, they were building life-size giant starships. Like you would walk, you you could right, walk scale, around, one yeah, to one you could scale, walk right? around the inside of the Enterprise D uh, and stuff like that. But but yeah, it's pretty impressive. But so that's, that's good. That's the news from Trek Games this week. Now let's open hailing frequencies and see what's incoming. Message coming in, sir. Hailing frequencies. Open. See? Well, Captains, hailing frequencies are now open, and we're ready to receive all of your incoming messages. LeVar Burton recently expressed his assumption that Geordi LaForge will probably be appearing in Star Trek Picard. We asked you all to give us your pitch for getting Geordi into the show, and we got some great responses. On Facebook, Matt Black writes... Jordy LaForge is one of the few people, besides Alton and Nigo Sung, that has practical experience with Sung-type androids. He's also trusted by Picard and Starfleet, so being called in to consult on treating him, Picard, would be an easy in. From Facebook, Arthur Girdwood says he needs his own ship. That would be amazing. From Instagram, oak42.jkeg thinks, Picard needs to rebuild Starfleet and bring the Federation together. For this, he needs the best and brightest in all technology. New stealth and speed tech can be found at the LaForge Brahms Institute. You know, the Countdown series, the comic book series, that led up and gave you a bit of a backstory to the Kelvin Fork back in 2009 is not a bad read. And it involves a lot of the prime timeline characters like Jordy, who's responsible for building the squid. Is it the jellyfish? I think it's the jellyfish. The jellyfish. Yeah, you're right. It's a yeah. jellyfish. My not a different squishy and, marine creature. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And, and we get some backstory about Worf as well and what he's been up to. So if you haven't read it, I encourage you to pick it up. But that wraps up episode 507 of Priority One a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. There are more great shows available to you on the Roddenberry Podcast Network, so just visit podcasts.roddenberry.com for a complete list of shows. Then be sure to subscribe to them all and share them with your friends. And we can't forget to send a special thanks to some of our Patreon supporters like David K. Rutley, Peter Archibald, and Gerald Bosch. And here's a reminder of our community question this week. Would live events excite you in Star Trek Online? And how would you like for them to be implemented? Captains, it's important to us that you get your voice heard and that you participate in the conversation. Leave us a comment on our website at PriorityOnePodcast.com, on our Facebook page at Facebook.com forward slash PriorityOnePodcast, or you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at PriorityOnePod. And if you're still craving more, be sure to spend time with Winters, Anthony, Thomas, Gray, me, plus the rest of the Priority One Armada. Saturday nights, the Armada broadcasts live to review the latest news from Star Trek Online and the Armada community including spotlighting some of our amazing members. With regular giveaways, there's something for all Stowe players, whether you're new or a veteran. Follow us on all our social media accounts for broadcast times. And if you'd like to join the Armada, visit PriorityOneArmada.com. This episode of Priority One is brought to you by our patrons through Patreon.com. Captains, this has been a crazy year, and we are humbled by the ongoing support that we receive from you, including our newest patrons this month. 
it is humbling to know that you find value in the show and that you want us to continue to succeed in producing the quality content you've come to expect. Now remember, you can contribute as little as a dollar a month. And with many dollars, we can do many great things on this show. So please consider visiting us over at patreon.com forward slash priority one and learning about all our tiers and how you can support the show. Don't forget to tune in to Priority One Productions Guard Frequency Podcast at guardfrequency.com. Each episode, the guard will take you inside the universe of your favorite space sims, including a tabletop adventure played out by your hosts. And Heroes Rise brings you up to date with a world of Dungeons and Dragons. Learn all about the latest publications, tools, tips, tricks, and traps in less time than it takes to skin a wyvern. Head over to HeroesRisePodcast.com to discover their secrets. Thanks to our audio editors, including Gray, Brandon, William, Daniel, Rand, Lennon, and Alex. Thanks to our producer, Jake, and associate producers, Shane and Thomas. Together, they help us organize and write up our summary of the weekly headlines from the Star Trek multiverse. Thanks to our graphic artist, Alejandro, with support from Jason of the Priority One Armada. Thanks to the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. But most importantly, a big thanks to you, the Star Trek community, our listeners. Because without your ongoing support, none of this would be possible. Enemy ship on sensors. Red alert. Ready weapons. Engage. When we share it later this week on places like Facebook and Twitter. Really? You didn't? Yeah, boy. Yeah, boy. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> uh. Well, he still, What's that, he still uh, does pretty, have the... I'm pretty fly for a He still does guy. have the sticker on top. He, you know, like the... I do yeah, still have that sticker. Is, Look is, at that. Is the yeah. price tag oh, still on whoa. the back? Hey, mini Pearl. Is the, is the price hey, tag still dangling someplace? Yeah. Nah, listen, man. I'm from West New York, New Jersey. Yeah, no. bring <laughs> Look, man. <laughs> Look, man. I'm from West New York, New Jersey. All right, this OG West New York. All right, you leave me alone. Grew up in the projects. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> it's true. I did grow up in the projects. So I'm not making. I'm not making fun of it. I grew up in the projects. This is a Roddenberry podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com.